at Jared. We know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude and with me is my brother Justin. Hello everybody. And we've got an exciting show for you tonight. We are going to go over the Monday night football game, kind of give a, a little bit of a, of a here and there, kind of our thoughts of what, of what happened and transpired in this game. We thought that Fitz Magic may turn into Fitz Tragic. Do you believe in magic? And what do you know? <laughs> he does something that no one's ever done before. So um, we're also going to take a look at some of the headlines. Uh, there's some injury news, some new starters coming in. Uh, after that, we're going to take uh, go through the waiver wire madness and then close it out. So why don't we go ahead, get started real quick. Let's do a quick review of the Monday Night Football game. Pittsburgh Steelers have a phenomenal first half, 30 points in the first half, up 30 to 10, and they tried so hard to lose it. <laughs> yeah, they put up a, a goose egg in the second half, and it, I don't want to say it wasn't without trying. I mean, they could move the ball till about the 40-yard line, but that was about it, and, and most of it was coming off of uh, these short dink routes to Juju Smith-Schuster, which is what gave him a huge day, um, even though he didn't find the end zone. Um, but, yeah, they, they really tried to lose it. And even Tampa Bay tried not to win with all of their penalties. And uh, Deshaun Jackson's punt return gets called back. Uh, yeah, uh, at one point, I don't think either team was trying to win. Yeah, well, still simultaneously beating the spread and scoring tons of points. Well, what was it? The, uh, the, the Buccaneers had Deshaun Watson's touchdown on the punt return get called back. And then after they give up the ball back to the Steelers, the Steelers punt to get it down, like it rolls out of bounds at the one-yard line. It's a penalty. <laughs> and then there's a penalty for what was it for like illegal motion or something which brought it back and there was they punted it through the end zone no no no, 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 no. there was that there's that five-yard penalty so they had to come back and repunt it and then on top of that darius hayward bay was going off on a ref or something and gets a 15-yard personal foul so they brought it back 20 yards and had to repunt it and so i mean yeah it was <laughs> could have been worse out of that 15-yard penalty. Like, it could have been a shanked punt. Yeah. But uh, the, the other thing about this game that has nothing to do with fantasy football is, good Lord, what is a defense to do to a quarterback? Like, are they just supposed to run up and Stevenson blow in their ear to make them fall over? I don't know what 
a defense is supposed to do. There's already so many memes and videos that are flying around of, of, of what you're supposed to do to a quarterback. I, I saw one of a guy who just kind of like walks up, gingerly picks up his girlfriend and lays her down and then puts a pillow behind her head and then kisses her on the forehead. And then so still – Someone still throws a banana peel as a flag. <laughs> yes. I th- okay. Okay, Weird. that's what that was. I didn't catch it. I was like. Yeah, someone threw a banana peel as if it was still a flag. <laughs> so uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to see if I can actually download this. So for people listening to the podcast, I'm actually going to see um, if I can download that, and I'll put it right behind this little comment here. So um, so you can kind of see what our find thoughts are. It really quickly. There's well, it's, it's whether or not I can actually download it to put it into, to put it into the video and everything. So. So if you're watching the video, you'll be able to watch, you'll be able to see it. Now, in my spare time, I ref flag football, and, and I know I'm a little bit of a rules junkie for the game, but the letter of the law, if you will, of the rules, has gotten so quarterback friendly that I don't know what a defense is supposed to do. We we had a guy uh, get hurt. Yeah, the defensive end from Miami. Avoiding landing on top of a quarterback. Towards towards ACL after the season. And then tonight, we've got a guy who kind of flops and kind of lays with his hands up while he's on the ground. He's a defensive lineman. And then Fitzpatrick kind of falls over him. And that was a penalty. So I don't know what anyone's supposed to do. Uh, I wish that they would get it under control because – or there were 15-yard penalties. I think there were seven roughing the passer penalties tonight. It was it was it was horrible. All right. Well, getting back to the fantasy stats for this game, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, 30 of 38, 353 and three TDs. I want to say he had at least one or two interceptions. I doesn't have that list. Uh, right one, interception, one, one interception. One interception. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 30 completions on 50 attempts, 411 yards, and three TDs for the third consecutive game. NFL history. I mean, what he is doing is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, Yeah, to me, uh, two of those interceptions are not his fault. Obviously, the pick six is his fault because he overthrew Jaquiz Rogers, ends up right in a defender's hands, and he only had to walk gingerly 10 yards into the end zone for a touchdown. Um, But the the slant route over the middle where Evans more or less lazily runs a route. I mean, he cuts off the route, tries to settle in his zone on play action. Yeah. uh, And that goes, I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent, but that just kind of, that play right there kind of describes my feelings towards Evans since he's played in if you've listened to us for any amount of time we're not too keen on Evans uh route running ability route running ability slash um a hundred percent being there all the time he kind of chooses when he wants to play and that's a perfect example of him kind of leaving his quarterback out to dry now granted it was a miscommunication between the two but Evans even looking at the route from, from the get-go, he curves the thing off. He's not really getting separation by creating a hard line. And, and then the, the other interception is just a tip at the line that then hits off, a defend, off the guy's helmet and flies in the air. Like, what do you expect him to do? So for those of you who at the, begin, at the beginning of the second half thought, oh, well, Fitzpatrick has finally become Fitz tragic again, then 
you watch second half, he pulls it out, 400 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions, three sacks, but he does have a very good game. Yeah, they have a lot of explosiveness on that on that uh, on that offense. I mean, you yes. look at you look at uh, you know Evans six catches, 137 yards and a TD. Chris Godwin is silently having a very good season. We will get to him again later. Yes, and um, even Cameron Brait got involved this week. Oh, shut up! <laughs> hey, that's a good thing. We like Cameron Brait on this. We show. like Cameron Brait, but the fact that you know he didn't he you know. You'd think the Harvard to Harvard connection would have been better than it's been so far. Yes. So, um, but yeah, Chris Godwin had a great game. We talked about Juju Smith Schuster, nine catches, 116 yards, but didn't get in the end zone. Vance McDonald, first game back, four receptions, 112 yards in a TD. Um, you know, he is the tight end to own if you're going to own a tight end in Pittsburgh. He's yes. We'll talk about that later as well. So, all right. So that's it for the Monday night game. Let's go ahead and get into the headlines. Today's headlines. All right. Uh, starting with Le'Veon Bell. Let's just get this out of the way. The Steelers have received a few inquiries from, t- from teams looking to trade for the franchise running back, and they have not shot those down as they once did. A trade would be very complicated but not impossible. Expect this to heat up as the trade deadline gets closer. The two teams that I've heard most likely to try because they have the available cap space and need a running back are the Jets and the Colts. Yeah, the, the, the only one that I've heard that's had any quote-unquote steam is the Jets, which I find interesting because uh, they just signed Crowell. Not that that's that great of a play, but they just spent money on Crowell. Uh, This is a rental. They've got two quality kind of players. They are in less need of a running back to me than than the Colts, unless the Jets' play is to sign Le'Veon Bell long-term and get a solid running back there for Sam Darnold. That's where I see the play more happening. And that's going to be, I think that's going to be a little bit more drawn out. If, if this is a quick trade, if this is a quick thing, I would say it's the Colts. If it's something more of a long-term play uh, and, and it's a little bit more thought out and the Steelers are looking to get more out of it uh, by waiting, then I would see the Jets being the, the, the likely place. I, I like the Colts here because it would provide a stable running back for Andrew Luck to help him out to take pressure off of Andrew Luck as he is still continuing to re, continue to rehab their shoulder, his shoulder. Plus, they have a whole lot of cap space this year, and they'll have even more next year. Yeah. So that, that's, that's why I can, I'd see them as a good play. They right. might want to spend some of that on their line. <laughs> they might want to spend some on their defense, too. Uh, no sign of Tyrod Taylor at Brown's practice today. He has been in concussion protocol, though the team is optimistic he will clear soon. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield is getting in the work because Hugh Jackson informed the team that he was going to start from now on, and Tyrod will be the backup when he is healthy. Congratulations to Baker Mayfield. We will get to him again later as well. Uh, w- one thing I want to throw out there – do you think with the Garoppolo injury that there is a effort by the 49ers to go get, say, a Tyrod Taylor or 
an alternative quarterback now that Garoppolo is out? Or do you think they stick with Bethard, who played last year, knows his system? There's not really a whole lot of trades that happen from the quarterback perspective midseason anyway. But do you think that that's something uh, at play here? Maybe. I mean, but, I mean, they're already I – mean, if you look at the quarterbacks that they're trying out right now, it's TJ Yates, uh, Tom Savage – Basically, all these they're guys going cheap. Is what they, they're doing. All these guys that used to back up for the Houston Texans. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston comes in, uh, starting say week six, and Fitzpatrick bat- played uh, no. for, for the Texans. Yeah, I don't believe it either. All right, Dalvin Cook considers himself day to day and is unsure of his week four status against the Rams. Uh, let's not forget that is a Thursday night game, the Rams and the Vikings. So, yeah, that's something to watch. I would, I would not yet drop Latavius Murray, but I would not be very confident in putting him in your starting lineups unless you absolutely have to. It's amazing how fast uh, Cook's confidence was uh, in, oh, yeah, I'll be ready for week four. <laughs> and then he saw the Rams. I'm like, mm, I think I'm day-to-day. I, may, I might be day-to-day. Yeah, look uh, at Sue and Donald. I'd be day-to-day too. Jaguars coach Doug Marone said running backs uh, Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon will be day-to-day this week. He's optimistic. Um, oh, then that moves on to someone else. And he's optimistic about a couple other guys coming back. Uh, the New York Jets have reached out to the Steelers about acquiring uh, Le'Veon Bell. Yep. Um, Bengals coach Marvin Lewis declined to update A.J. Green's status for uh, at his Monday press conference, but I saw earlier A.J. Green said he's going to be, he will be ready. Yeah, and they're going to need him because Atlanta is going to score a lot of points. Yep. Uh, Arizona coach Steve Wilkes has officially announced that uh, quarterback Josh Rosen is going to be the starter, and all the Fitz, all the uh, the Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson owners rejoiced. And Ricky Seals-Jones owners, don't forget about him because there's yeah. going to be check downs to the tight end. Or to David Johnson. Or to anybody other than whoever the hell Bradford was throwing to. <laughs> uh, you know, the other team. All right. Uh, <laughs> LaShawn McCoy is progressing well uh, in his day-to-day. Um, Probably not going to play again this week. If they're, if they're worried about him long-term, and if you're a McCoy owner, I'm not worried about the legal stuff. I'm worried about them uh, wanting to hold him out and be safe because uh, the Bills proved that they can win, as shocking as it was. And it, yeah. at an away only game, two per- only, only 2% of people picked that game, uh, and all of those people live in Buffalo <laughs> uh, or our Buffalo fans, or from Canada, or whatever. But um, but McCoy is not someone that that I would look to start this week because I don't think they're going to play him. I think they're going to be a little bit more cautious with him. Yep. Uh, one thing to look at for um, Thursday night, while it's not offense related, it is offense related. Rams cornerback Akib Talib suffered a high ankle sprain Sunday that will sideline him at least a month, and. Rams cornerback Marcus Peters strained his calf and is considered day-to-day. Uh, I saw another thing that he could be out two to four weeks. So with the, with the, the Vikings going up against them on Thursday, on Thursday night, yes, I understand that that line is just absolutely brutal. Um, uh, the defensive line is absolutely brutal for, for the Rams and it will just wreak havoc. Uh, Hugh up Diggs and Thielen. 
yeah well not like you were not going to cue them up anyways well yeah but yeah so how how angry are the uh keenan allen owners um i'm speaking for myself and myself. Upset that 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 this happened this week and not last week yeah <laughs> yeah all right um football uh Kyle Shanahan said that uh, Matt Breida hyperextended his knee will be questionable this week. So that's something to keep in. Uh, so Alfred Morris mind. stash that I have uh, might finally pay off. Yep. And it's official, official. The MRI showed what the 49ers feared. Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL. His season is over. So yeah. we'll see what, what happens with the uh, quarterback situation there in. Did you in see the article? Did you see the article? Uh, or the news report about Justin Houston basically saying that Garoppolo has only himself to blame for his injury because he already got the yardage. Justin Houston literally, for those who don't know, he's the linebacker from the Chiefs, said that Garoppolo got the yardage he needed, which he did, yet still tried to stay in bounds and take the hit, and that's what caused the injury. If he was smart, he would have just gone out of bounds, taken the yardage that he needed, and protected himself and gotten out of play, gotten out of harm's way. And who knows? With the way the NFL's uh, protecting quarterbacks, could have drawn a 15-yard penalty. <laughs> yeah, oh well, whatever. Um, real quick, quick note on San Francisco. If it is CJ, I mentioned this last night, just want to say it again, is CJ Bethard, or however you say his Bethard, name, yeah. Bethard, is, the quarter, is going to be the quarterback for a little while. Guess who is his tight end at Iowa? Uh, George Kittle. Kittle. So, so if you can manage to maybe you know make a trade for him, you know that's one way to go. Yes. All right. So that is it for our headlines. Let's move into uh, our waiver wire madness. Waiver wire madness. Now tonight, uh, tonight, uh, waiver wire madness is actually uh, is uh, we're we're calling it powered by StatRoute. StatRoute uh, gives you instant access to data not found anywhere else. Sign up today at StatRoute.com and experience the new standard of stats delivery. They are a fantasy stats uh, website. Uh, They're the new standard for fantasy stats. Any stat, any player, anytime. Go to StatRoute.com to sign up for free. Uh, to get a free trial. That's what it is. Uh, we at Skull King, real quick test one, we love StatRoute. Yes. Their, their stats, um, the way that they break everything down is simply ridiculous. They break it down from home away. You can break it down to uh, against different teams, against different defensive coordinators, how players have done from this season in primetime games, so Thursday or Sunday night or Monday night, uh, basically, five. they they have just baseballed fantasy football stats. <laughs> basically, they have taken it to the nth degree. So, um, so. definitely check out StatRoute, StatRoute.com, S-T-A-T-R-O-U-T-E.com. And they will help you. They will help you win your league. Yes. All right. So, let's start off. Waiver Wire Madness, starting with the quarterbacks. Justin, who are you looking at to pick up this week? Not, no one? <laughs> no. Uh, interesting stat. For those of you who play on ESPN, uh, I, n- I normally use uh, the ownership percentages off of ESPN. But right now, there are currently 18 quarterbacks that are owned in 50% or more of ESPN leagues. 
18. So you have to go down to quarterback 19 in order to find somebody. So more than likely, you have a quarterback that is better than the two I'm going to mention, and you should go with those two because I'm giving you two for the sake of deeper leagues, uh, 14, 16-plus leagues who still need some options based off of injuries. The first one, Case Keenum, really only streamable um, because he faces Kansas City who's given up 34, 44, and 26 points to the quarterback position through the first three weeks. Um, once again, with 18 other quarterbacks owned in 50% of leagues, unless you're the Garoppolo owner and you just lost Garoppolo and you had nobody stashed on your bench, that's a scenario where I see you picking up Case Keenum. That's really the only one. Um, and so my other one, uh, for those of you who are patient enough, uh, Jameis Winston. And once again, let me preface it, patient enough and you don't believe in Fitzpatrick long-term for this season. Um, he's currently owned in 6.7% of leagues, so there's not a lot of you who, who believe in him already. Um, I was slow, admittedly, to join uh, the Fitz magic train, if you will, um, but I did start him week three because I didn't like Rivers' matchup against the Rams. Worked out for me, uh, but I was also looking to trade – uh, Fitzpatrick because I like Rivers and I don't like carrying two quarterbacks so rather than drop him I've been trying to quote unquote create my own waiver wire by trading him for a better player um, but uh, I'm not getting off the Fitzpatrick train quite yet once again we mentioned first player in NFL history to throw for 400 plus yards in three straight games Jameis has been out for the first three weeks of the season since the preseason. He's going to have some rust off anyway. So regardless of how Fitzpatrick played in this week three game, Fitzpatrick was going to play in week four. That was my firm belief. What he has done and, and, and Winston coming off of uh, suspension, just too much. So I believe that Winston, if you are a doubter in Fitzpatrick uh, and you like Winston and you like carrying two quarterbacks – that's where I can see you carrying Winston. Other than that, leave him on waivers because not a lot of people are going to grab him anyway. Once again, this is a desperation play slash you're, you're banking against uh, Fitzpatrick. That's really the only situation where I see Jameis Winston as, as a valuable option. All right. Uh, in ter- for me, I've got two other completely different names. Uh, I'm going off of Yahoo instead of ESPN, but that's, you know. Um, we do that. We, yeah. Uh, Andy Dalton is owned in 34% of leagues. Andy Dalton this next week is going to be playing in Atlanta against a defense that has now lost both of its starting safeties to an ACL and to an Achilles injury for the season. They have also lost their middle linebacker to an ACL injury for the season. This is a defense that I'm not, you know, this, I mean, I'm not saying that Andy Dalton's going to do the same thing that, that, uh, that Drew Brees just did to that defense. Okay, good. Cause, good. <laughs> However, if you're looking for, I mean, say you have Cam Newton, who's on by this week. Or you have maybe a... God, who's another, you know, a Deshaun Watson who's, well, he's going up against Indianapolis, so you're not going to sit him in that game. Um, but say you, maybe you have Carson Wentz and you're just not confident because the Tennessee defense has been playing pretty well, okay? 
if you, uh, I think that Dalton could have a very good game against them, especially if A.J. Green is healthy. If he's got A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd throwing against that defense, I think that he can be a streamable option. Two, two TDs, possibly three, with an interception and about 250 to 300 yards. Yeah. Plus, because they don't have Mixon, they're going to be throwing the ball to, out of the backfield to Giovanni Bernard as well. So, because of that, I, I think he is a very viable option to stream this week. Yeah, uh, he plays Miami in week five. Uh, and then he gets Pittsburgh and Kansas City in six and seven. So there's some two good matchups that's, later that's as shootout well. Possibilities. Yeah, those, those Pittsburgh's just bleeding points at this point. And so uh, is Kansas City. See what I did there? Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's also been giving up a bunch of points. So four the, of the next five weeks, there are positive matchups for Andy Dalton. Yep. Um, then the other one. I'm going to say it, Baker Mayfield, owned in, owned in 13% of leagues. Now, I'm going to, to preface this by saying the only reason I'm saying pick up Baker Mayfield is if you are in a two-quarterback league and you need a third. He is a, as a bye week to kind of hold on to for bye weeks, or you think his matchup is going to work out for him. That's the only reason I am saying right now pick up Baker Mayfield. You could see the difference in what he could do compared to Tyrod Taylor and how he could get that offense jump-started. He is going yes. to be a good thing for David Njoku. He's going to be a good thing for, uh, for Carlos Hyde. And he's going to be a good thing for Jarvis Landry. It's going to be a great thing for Jarvis Landry. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so those are my two quarterbacks. All right, let's move on to the running backs. Who do you have uh, at running back? So, to start for me at, at running back, um, Buck Allen currently owned in 39.9% of leagues. Now, if you listened to last week's show or, or some of last week's show, you heard me say that you could only start Buck Allen, or you, you wouldn't even start Buck Allen, or I, I wouldn't want to start Buck Allen if Alex Collins missed the start. Um, he, he would be borderline startable, like flex option at best. Uh, now, I wasn't completely wrong because Allen still only got 26 yards, but he got two touchdowns. Uh, he has four touchdowns on the season. Buck Allen is getting some goal line work in what is surprisingly more of a committee than we gave credit to at the beginning of the season. You admittedly had uh, Alex Collins as one of your boom players or one of your uh, my guys uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, you even had a bold prediction about him. Now, Buck Allen is still very touchdown dependent, yeah. um, but he is proving flexible in deeper leagues and also would be a solid handcuff should something happen to Collins, who at times had limped back to the huddle this last week. So Buck Allen is a, is a serviceable guy to have on your bench to be that flex play, depending on matchup, as buys come in, but also be a handcuff. So sometimes uh, a handcuff is just a guy who sits on the bench and doesn't do anything. That's the wrong kind of handcuff you want. You want a handcuff like an Austin Eckler uh, or kind of the Royce Freeman or Lindsay, whichever camp you're in on who the starter and who the handcuff is there. Um, but you, that's the type of handcuff you want. So I like Buck Allen uh, as a grab this week. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Again, we, if you're in a standard league, leave Buck Allen alone. 
Yes, it's not going to work out for you. With, you know, we play PPR leagues. That's how we, you know, that's kind of the whole basis of how we go about uh, uh, all of our decisions and everything is, is full point PPR. That's where Allen is going to have his most value. I mean, you look at 16 rush attempts so far in the year for 32 yards. He's averaging two yards a carry. But they're giving him the ball in the, in the red zone. Yep. You know, so, you know, he's somewhat touchdown dependent for standard outside of that he, he you know he does he does catch the ball so he is he does show value there so who else you got uh the other one i have is jordan milkins and this is more uh deeper leagues so this is a deeper waiver wire ad um milkins has not jumped off the page in the absence of marlon max injury um he hasn't really been a clear-cut waiver wire ad to the first three weeks uh, i think in a deeper league of a 14 plus or or maybe a 12 plus depending on injuries and, and how deep your roster is um, he's getting a steady amount of work uh, in that he's got 30 carries 120 yards that's the four yards per carry you're looking for he does only have seven catches for 25 yards uh, so it's not the flashiest of picks but when you look at what is available on waivers in that 50% and below ownership. Wilkins is somebody that I like his workload currently. If Marlon Mack is continued to be held out, he'll still be there. Uh, I like him over Naheem Hines personally. Um, he's getting consistent enough work to make him comfortable to, to stash on your bench as a, as a player to add if you need more running back depth. Yeah, the only other person that I would add – as a possibility would be Duke Johnson. Now I know that everyone's saying, well, he hasn't done hardly anything this year. Well, that was because those were in games where they were using Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback. Duke Johnson, the last three years has led all running backs and receptions. Yes. And so I think that this year, now that they've brought in Baker Mayfield, he is another one that is going to, that is going to benefit from that. Uh, they, you know, Jarvis Landry runs most of his stuff from the slot. Duke Johnson, they use a lot from the slot, but he's also a passing down back. He's going to catch more balls than than uh, Hyde is. So yeah. I think that makes him more of a a a bi-week flex play that is very viable. Yes, you know, if you need it. Yeah, and and he's been a, a more or less a, a tragedy to use that word again. Uh, his usage so far this season. I mean, Hugh Jackson has been his coach the last couple of years, and no, it's not like it's not like with like uh, a Chris Ivory who goes to a new team and they're not sure really how to use him, yeah. or David Johnson with a new offensive coordinator and they obviously don't know how to use him. This is something to where they know his talents. I think they were trying to run some different types of schemes with Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback. Now that they have more of that pocket type style passer who's really electrifying. Once again, there's a noticeable difference with Baker Mayfield, at quarterback, from his team. Guys want to play hard for him. So uh, I think Duke Johnson, once again, I talked about Duke Johnson being droppable if he didn't get five points. He didn't get five points in PPR. But the caveat now, the change is Baker Mayfield, new quarterback, new opportunities, give it another week, maybe two, depending on your depth. I would still like to have Duke Johnson over Jordan Wilkins. 
I may, depending on if I have Alex Collins, I would probably take Buck Allen, but I'd probably want Duke Johnson over a Buck Allen because I think the workload's there more in a PPR league. Correct. All right, let's move on to uh, wide receivers. Let me go over one running back here really quick. I have an avoid. <laughs> don't, don't follow the trap that is the one-week great game of a running back. The running back I'm talking about is Chris Ivory. Yes, he played Minnesota. Yes, LaShawn McCoy is likely to be out another week. But if you take away the one play, the one explosive play that Ivory had, which he should have gotten in the end zone, period, if you ask me, uh, on that play, the 55-yard catch, you take that away, he only scores 10 points. He scored 10 points the week before against the Chargers, Minnesota, Green Bay. As long as Green Bay is not playing in a sloppy mud pit like they were in Washington, Major and Peterson went off on them. I just don't see Chris Ivory. There's a reason why Chris Ivory is owned in 5.1% of leagues. This is not a guy that you're looking to grab. A one-game start against Green Bay does not make me comfortable enough to grab him. That was his one explosive play, and it was only an explosive play because no one was around him. It was a massively missed coverage. Avoid Chris Ivory. All right. Okay, so now we're going to move on to wide receivers. Uh, Justin, why don't you go ahead and start off with your number one. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Uh, this is like a no-brainer at this point. Um, it's obvious Calvin Ridley has outscored Julio Jones over the last two weeks. Uh, he didn't get a single catch in week one. I think that was rookie rust or whatever, but he has knocked all of that off now. Um, I, I don't think it continues for him to outscore Julio like this um, because Julio is Julio Jones. But what I find disturbing for Julio Jones owners is that Calvin Ridley is getting more red zone targets. Yeah, That's what terrifies me especially considering that Ridley now has as many touchdowns as Julio Jones has had in his last 24 games, and Ridley's only played three and only had points in two. Yep. So, look, Matt Ryan, we, we talked about this with the injuries. Matt Ryan is more or less being forced to throw the ball all over the field due to the injuries on defense and the injuries to Freeman. The high-scoring offense should continue against Cincinnati, followed by the game against Pittsburgh. So you have two very, very good games. There's no reason to think that although he may not score three touchdowns again, there's no reason to think that he can't get in the end zone once or twice again over the next two games. Okay. All righty. Yeah, I like Ridley. I hate the fact that someone picked him up this week just to start him against me, and he goes off for 50 points. Um, okay, so now we're going to get to the guy that I've already been talking about, Chris Godwin. He is, yes, he is the number three, number three receiver in this Tampa Bay offense. Number three. I think he's the number two. I, think, I think tonight he kind of moved into that number two role, finishing the game with 10 targets. Now, he starts off the game with two drops and a fumble in the first half. Finishes the game with five catches, 74 yards, and has scored his third touchdown. He has a touchdown in every single game so far this year with a minimum of 41 yards. Yep. This is a guy that is benefiting from this offense, and 
while he is shown he showed to be very productive last year with Jameis Winston throwing the ball, he is very much benefiting from the gunslinger Fitz magic. Yes. And that is going to continue. He will take over Deshaun Jackson completely this season. Jackson's had a couple of great games, but Chris Godwin is the number two there. Yeah, the, the thing with Jackson is he is, the, he is almost like this year's Tyree Kill in the fact that he is boom or bust. Yeah. He, his catch percentage was 100% coming into this game. Uh, caught the ball three times on five targets, only 37 yards, so he was more or less contained in this game while everyone else was allowed to run free as Godwin had a 20-yard catch, Evans had a 51-yard catch, Howard had a 21-yard catch, Brait had a 21-yard catch. So everyone else is getting more yardage. Um, Godwin also dropped one in the end zone. Yeah, he dropped a touchdown pass. He could have easily been the highest scoring receiver this in the Monday night game. Well then well he dropped one in the end zone and then he had another one that went that he that he supposedly dropped that was it was a touchdown that was reversed. The calling was reversed on it. Uh it was reversed because he was ruled down by contact. Okay. So yeah, so there's that one. There was so he almost had he could have had, had three touchdowns. Yeah. So this he is a talent. We've been talking about him for two years now. Um, ever since he was coming out of the coming into the draft out of Penn State, so this is a guy that we've been high on for a couple of years. So this is definitely a guy to to look at. Yes. Uh, Justin, who do you have? Who else do you have? I hope I don't talk about this guy next week. Uh, Mike Williams, uh, his ownership in fantasy football leagues is uh, quite depressing. That it's still only thirty three percent. For those of you who listen, that's, but hey, that's on that's on ESPN. The Yahoo owners are a little smarter, and he's owning about sixty percent of leagues. I, I don't doubt that because Yahoo is my platform of preference personally. I like what Yahoo does. Um, but thirty three percent of leagues, uh, Williams' ownership is 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 bad. Uh, I just mentioned that we talked about him before the season started uh, as him as, as him being the big body receiver in the offense. Okay, great. Antonio Gates came back. But who got two touchdowns this week? Mike Williams. Uh, he had a two-score game. Maybe that will get somebody's attention. Uh, maybe someone will finally, quote-unquote, chase points on Mike Williams. But the schedule gets light over the next couple of weeks with the 49ers now without Garoppolo and, and, and without Sherman for the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then Oakland. So those are the next two weeks. Look for Mike Williams and the rest of the Chargers offense and those Keenan Allen owners to, to have good – weeks over the next couple of weeks. Look for Mike Williams to find the end zone. I would put over under uh, for the next two weeks at 1.25 on him getting into the end zone. So uh, he's going to get one. I firmly believe that, but probably has, has a good shot of potentially getting two over the next two weeks. All righty. Uh, the other person that the other person that I have – whoops, stop that. Uh, the other person that I'm looking at is uh, – coming down here is Tyler Boyd um believe it or not I'm actually suggesting yes you get him because in the last two games one with AJ Green in the lineup and the other one when AJ Green comes out because of an injury he has over the last two games 12 catches for 223 yards and two touchdowns on yes. 16 targets he's he's shown up he's proven that he can get the job done this year um I am very, very not, I guess, surprised <laughs> is, is the best way to put it. Um, 
And again, like I was talking about with Dalton, he is coming into a game against Atlanta where the middle linebacker and the two starting safeties are gone. Now they still, yes, they still have their, their corners, but the fact that they're missing safeties, some of those deep balls are going to be a little bit easier for him and for A.J. Green. And if A.J. Green can't go, Dalton's going to be looking Tyler Boyd's way all day. Yes. So he's definitely, he's definitely a guy that I would suggest to, to pick up this week. Yeah, I got one more, but I'm going to be very brief on it. it John Brown currently owned in 47.9% of leagues. He's had consistent numbers, numbers through the first three weeks. He's going up against the Steelers, who, once again, like we've mentioned, are giving up a massive amount of points. Um, now, that could be a next week could be a classic, and or AFC North, excuse me, uh, defensive battle, like what you see. Those normally happen later in this season when we get to like November, December. But clearly, John Brown and Joe Flacco have chemistry and are doing good things. I like all of the other guys we've mentioned better. I like Ridley, I like Boyd, I like Godwin, I like Williams better. But if all of those guys are taken, because those are going to be guys that people are going to rush to, then you're going to be you're going to be okay with settling for John Brown. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with you there. Um, all right, so yeah, we'll keep that short. Uh, tight ends. Who's your number one tight end? Vance uh, McDonald. Uh, be in. in for those of you who have listened, I talked about this guy in week one. It, also, as my caution on Jesse James, yes, Jesse James splashed the first couple of weeks. Uh, but what did Jesse James do tonight exactly? Uh, one catch. Uh, not, let me, let me, not a whole lot. And so uh, Jesse James, one catch for seven yards. Uh, Vance McDonald, five targets, four catches, absolute demolishing of Conti, uh, Wikipedia had a, a very, very interesting uh, informational bit about Conti that has now been changed. Um, apparently, uh, Conti uh, was murdered tonight by murdered Vance McDonald. By Vance McDonald in Tampa Bay. Um, that stiff arm was just sick. Um, but even after that 75-yard touchdown, McDonald was used more. Now, We've talked about this a little bit back and forth in that Pittsburgh is not really known for tons of tight end usage. But in the right scenario, and if you want to own a Steelers tight end, Vance McDonald is the one to own. Vance McDonald had that great playoff game last year of, of 10 uh, catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Vance McDonald is clearly the, the tight end to own in Pittsburgh. This is an offense that's going to have to score, much like Kansas City. Bleeding points must score. Uh, if you are a Atlanta Falcons fantasy player, owner, uh, Steelers, Kansas City, you're excited because their defense is god-awful, and you're going to have to score points. So this is one where I would own McDonald after Roethlisberger, Connor, Schuster, and Brown. He would be the next guy up that I would grab. Okay. Uh, really, in terms of the in terms of the the tight end situation, there's not a whole there's not a whole lot out there. Um, let not me, really. Oh shoot! Which is why I like Vance McDonald, who's currently owned. I forgot to mention only in twelve point nine percent of ESPN leagues. Yeah, let me uh, let me pull this up one more time. There we go. Own percentage. All right. Um, the thing about 
uh, this week, looking at less than 50%. Uh, ben Watson is really the only other guy that I'm looking at as a, as a solid possibility. Maybe Ricky Seals-Jones. However, with how the Seattle defense has been playing the last couple weeks, their defense is getting better. Um, and Michael Kendricks is proving to be very, very good in that defense. Yes. Um, and so, and he's one of those guys that can move out and cover tight ends. Uh, Bradley McDougald is moving out to cover tight ends. So Seals Jones is not a guy that I would pick for this week. Um, but Ben Watson, uh, oh, it doesn't have what he's, uh, solid, solid in this, uh, in this offense going up against the New York Giants. Their defense has kind of been back and forth. Um, it's a productive offense. He, you know, five receptions for 71 yards, four for 44, three for 19. He's not going to put up a ton of points. He may get into the end zone, but he's a solid. He's not going to kill you. He's most likely not going to put up a zero because of how much this team, you know, needs to put up points with how bad their defense is playing. Yeah. So that's the only other, really the only other guy that I have. Did you have anyone else for uh, for tight end? Not really. Uh, most of the tight end position is very touchdown dependent. So it's one of those things where for those of you who are, say, a Trey Burton owner, I feel your frustration and pain. Um, a, a Will Disley owner, maybe a, maybe a one-week drop-off. I still think he has value. Maybe not startable. If you want to run with two tight ends, go for it. I still think Disley has a tremendous amount of value there. He'll be fine next week because I'm going to drop him this week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not going to rank him in my top 10, so he'll be fine. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, tight ends are such kind of a a crapshoot. I I understand the value of trying to get a a Gronkowski, Kelsey, Ertz, one of those top five elite guys. But after that, um, there's not much to do on waivers uh, unless you think Ebron – who may or may not be owned in, in 50% of the leagues. He's currently on a 55.3 of ESPN. Ebron could be an option if uh, Doyle continues to sit out. All righty. Uh, you got anything else for us tonight, Justin? That, that's it for me. All right. Well, that's all I've got for you. We will be back tomorrow night. Uh, I believe it's a solo show with me. Should be. All right. Uh, so tomorrow night, uh, solo show. I will be making the announcement about who uh, is win, uh, who won the um, the drawing for the, Tevin, the signed Tevin Coleman jersey and the signed T. Y. Hilton uh, photo. Uh, and we will make sure to get those sent out as soon as possible to you guys. We want to thank you again for taking the time to listen to the Skulking Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, my name is Ryan, and I'm Justin. And we will talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. 
And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.